Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. It's great to have you with us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, just a few minutes long, a single story. In case you've only got a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some great storytelling. We've got some great storytelling for you today. We want to remind you that we drop a few of these bites each week in preparation for Thursdays when we drop a full hour filled with stories for you and your family. This Thursday, join us for a performance by the wonderful Motoko, a story called The Golden Eye of the Fighting Cricket. And you'll also hear an audio drama cooked up in our secret lab called The Crystal Whale, and you won't want to miss that. In the meantime, I'm joined by Brian Tanner, our producer. Brian, it's great to have you with me. Hey, it's great to be here. And Sam, our listeners should be looking forward to The Crystal Whale. It's it's something. It's going to be really it's gonna fun. It's going to be really huh? fun, yeah. <laughs> An undersea adventure. Yes. In the meantime, what are we going to hear on today's Appleseed Bite? All right. Today we've got a story called The Beggar Boy and the King's Daughter. It comes to us from storyteller Len Cabral, um, and he is a longtime favorite in the storytelling community. Yeah. Um, his family came to America from Cape Verde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his great grandfather, I believe it says on his, uh, uh, in his bio, was a whaler living in mm. uh, Cape Verde. And so he specializes in tales from Western Africa and the Caribbean and This story came from a collection of Anansi stories. Anansi, the trickster spider. But this isn't a a trickster spider story, is it? No, no, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Beggar Boy and the King's Daughter is the name of this tale from the very wonderful Len Cabral. And we're happy to bring it to you as today's Appleseed Bite. Once there was a king who had a castle larger than any building in your town. And inside this castle, he had a, an atrium, an indoor garden. And in that garden, he had flowers and plants from all around the world. He had a great big eucalyptus tree that came all the way from China. He had exotic birds that came from South America and South Africa. He had pools of water. And in the pools of water, he had goldfish. No, not the type of goldfish that we see here. No, they were large goldfish. And when the sunlight would shine through the leaves of the eucalyptus tree, the goldfish would just glitter in the sunlight. The king loved to spend his mornings in that garden. One day, he was walking in a nearby forest when he looked up in a tree and he saw a beautiful iguana. And he said, oh, I must have that iguana for my kingdom, for my garden. And he clapped his hands and all the people gathered around him. And he said, I will give half my kingdom and my daughter to the man that can catch that iguana for me. Right away, the strong men and the warriors and the wise men tried. Well, the strong men, they came out and they shook that tree, but the iguana, he held tight. The warriors, they tried to climb that tree, but so climbed the iguana. And they gave up. The wise men, they tried to sweet talk the iguana. Come, Iguana. Come, Iguana. Come, 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 come. The Iguana would have none of it, and they gave up. And one day, a beggar boy walked into town. His clothes were torn and tattered. He did not have any shoes on his feet. He had rags wrapped all around his feet, up to his knees. And with him, he had a dog and a goat on the end of two pieces of rope. And he had a long stick over his shoulder. At the end of that stick, he had a sack. And no one knew what was in that sack. 
When that boy walked into town, the people looked at him and said, what do you want here, beggar boy? There's nothing here for you. What do you want here? And the boy said, I came to see if I could catch the iguana for the king and win half his kingdom and marry his daughter. <laughs> Are you serious? Come on, the strong men, the warriors, and the wise men tried. They all failed. Go home. Go. And they made up funny songs about him, and they teased him. Well, the king heard all this commotion and came out and said, What's going on? Oh, uh, uh, sorry, your majesty, but it's this beggar boy here. He thinks he can catch the iguana for you and win half your kingdom and marry your daughter. We told him to go home. The king looked at the boy and said, He has hands. Let's see if he has a brain also. Yes, your majesty. And they let the boy pass. Well, the boy, he walked into the forest, and he walked right up to that tree where the iguana was, but he did not look up at the iguana. The boy, he tied the goat to a bush over here, and he tied the dog to a bush over there. And then he took that long stick that he had, and he broke it into many pieces, and he started a fire. And then he reached into that sack, the one that no one knew what was inside it, and he pulled out from that sack a pot and he placed that pot over the fire and he added some water and some cornmeal. He was making porridge, cornmeal porridge. And then as the porridge was cooking, the boy got up and walked into a nearby field where he picked an arm full of sweet grass. When he came back, the porridge was done. Well, he took that porridge off the fire and he gave that porridge to the goat. And he gave the sweet grass to the dog. Now, the dog would not eat the sweet grass, and the goat would not eat the porridge. He tried to force the dog to eat the sweet grass, and he tried to force the goat to eat the porridge. They'd have none of it. The iguana looked down at the boy and said, Hey, you, silly! Give the grass to the goat and the porridge to the dog. The boy looked at the iguana and said, What? I said, Give the grass to the goat and the porridge to the dog. Huh? And the iguana repeated himself once again. And once again, the boy said, what? And the iguana said, I'll show you. And he climbed down that tree and he took the sweet grass away from the dog and gave it to the goat. The goat started to eat the sweet grass. He took the porridge, he gave it to the dog. The dog ate the porridge. The iguana said, see, that's how you do it. And quick as a wink. That boy grabbed that sack, slipped it over the iguana, tied a knot around that sack, threw that sack over his shoulders and walked back into town. The people saw the boy coming back. They said, giving up so soon, beggar boy? We told you not to waste your time. Now go home, go home. And they teased him and made up funny songs about him. The boy didn't say a word. He walked right up to the castle. The king came out and said, how'd you do, my son? I had something for you, your majesty. And he lowered the sack. The king leaned over the sack, opened up that sack, looked in, and his eyes got as big as saucers. And he opened up the gate to the atrium and shook the sack. The iguana ran out of that sack, ran through the pools of water, frightening the goldfish, climbed right up that tall eucalyptus tree that came all the way from China, frightening away those exotic birds. The king closed the door to the atrium and looked at that boy and said, you can have half my kingdom and you can marry my daughter. And he clapped his hands and some servants came in the room and they took that boy to a room where there was a hot tub, a deep hot tub. The boy could stand up in it and there were suds and soaps and flowers floating in that water. And that boy, he washed behind his ears, between his toes. He was clean as a whistle. 
And when he came out of that tub, they gave him new clothes. It's the first time he had ever had our new clothes. And then they put a cape over his shoulders. It was a black cape with diamonds embroidered on both shoulders and a gold button that locked fast across his neck. And he looked nice. And then into the room walked the king's daughter. And she was nice. He looked at her and he said, uh, you, you, you don't have to marry me if, if you don't want to, shucks. You don't even know me. And she looked at that boy and said, you're right, I don't know you. And maybe we ought to get to know one another. And if we like each other enough, maybe then we can get married. Okay. Well, they went for long walks on the beach. They went horseback riding. They played chess. They played backgammon. They read aloud to one another. And after a while, they decided they liked each other enough to get married. And on the morning of that wedding, that boy went out into the community and said, Hey, everybody, I'm getting married, and I want you all to come to my wedding. And the people looked at him and said, You want us to come to your wedding? But don't you remember when you first came to town? We made fun of you. We called your names. We made up funny songs about you. Oh, forget that. I want you to come to my wedding. We weren't very nice to you at all. We Forget it. Will you come to my wedding? Okay, we'll come to your wedding, but you know what else? We're not going to make fun of strangers anymore just because you dress differently or talk differently or, or look different. We're not going to forget about it. Come on. All right. And they all came to that wedding. They all came to that wedding, and they sat down at a real long table, a real long table, and they had fruits and juices and vegetables, and they laughed and they joked, and there was music, and people started getting louder and louder, and someone got up and moonwalked across the table, and everyone started getting louder and louder, and I was there too. I was there, and I got the loudest. I got so loud, they booted me right out of there. And I landed here to tell you this story. I love to hear a Len Cabral performance. That was uh, The Beggar Boy and the King's Daughter. Uh, just a delight. Yeah. And I listened to this two times in the last couple of days getting ready for this. One time with my son and one time with my daughter. And both times when they heard that slide whistle and bounce, <laughs> they just looked up and were like, wait, what? <laughs> Perhaps looking for Len Cabral in yeah, the room with them, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's fun to uh, for kids to experience at a young age these kind of breaking the fourth wall kind of stories <laughs> like that that has a twist like that because up until that point it had been kind of a straightforward telling yeah. of uh, some moonwalking aside sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> of an old story but it yeah. reminded me of something like the monster at the end of this book right, you know the Sesame right. Street book with yes. Grover where he's talking straight to the audience where, interacting with you as it, you read the book right? exactly yeah. where it becomes this moment where you, you realize like oh this, this story is talking straight to me that's different than what I'm used to you know yeah it's such a pleasure always to hear a Len Cabral tale and that one was a delight join us of course uh, on Thursday for a full hour-long episode filled with stories for you and your family, including a wonderful story from Motoko, a story called The Golden Eye of the Fighting Cricket. And you'll also hear a really fun radio drama cooked up in our secret lab, I like to say. This one's called The Crystal Whale, an undersea adventure that you won't want to miss. Join us on Thursday for that. Brian, thanks for joining us here for an Appleseed Bite. Hey, thank you. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for a bite brought to you by the Appleseed.